a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this Tuesday episode of Live Mike. It's primary day, a massive day here in the state of Utah. What happens today and what results are revealed tonight will set this state on a new trajectory. Uh, it will be the highest of likelihoods to the night where we learn who will be the next governor of this great state. Uh, the, the Republican candidates are all competing against one another, and if history is any indicator of how things work out in elections here, at least in recent memory, it will be a Republican, one of the four, vying for their party's nomination in this primary election tonight. I'll give you a little preview of what's to come on today's episode of Live Mike. From 2 to 3, we will, on these airwaves, speak with all four of the candidates for governor. We'll speak to Spencer Cox, John Huntsman Jr., Thomas Wright, and Greg Hughes, and they will make their final pitch to you, the voter, tonight as to why they feel they are each best suited to serve as your governor and reside in the governor's mansion here in the great state of Utah. Uh, some, uh, some details, some nuts and bolts, you have until 8 p.m. this evening to have your mail-in ballot postmarked. So uh, find a way to do that if you still have the ballot there on your kitchen table, fill it out, sign it, drop it in the mailbox. Be sure that you're able to get the postmark here today. And that way you will have your vote counted and you will be a part of this election process with your voice being heard. That is just one hour of today's program. We are also going to take a look at a hearing which has transpired this morning where Senator Mitt Romney has been questioning Dr. Anthony Fauci and the head of the CDC, asking a number of questions. Specifically, how do we get back to work and back to school? We're going to be focusing on that question of how do we get back to school safely on today's program. Uh, Governor Gary Herbert has approved the state school board's plan for reopening Utah's public schools this coming fall. They have put forth a long and exhaustive list of requirements and recommendations. Again, requirements and recommendations. The emphasis being that the decision-making will come on the more local of lever levels. School districts and schools themselves will look at their own unique needs and following the guidance of the state school board, ultimately make some decisions. Now, there is one major question coming this fall. If all holds the way it is, in, is currently in place under the governor's current executive order, schools will start and parents will have an option. Do you send your children back to school under the new parameters of the various districts and schools, or do you keep them at home, continuing to engage in this distance learning? You'll have that option as a parent. 
I want to hear from you later on in today's program. So what I'm going to do is ask you now to uh, shoot me a text message, 57500. It's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I want to know if given the option this coming fall, uh, under current circumstances, would you send your child back to school knowing that there were certain parameters put in place to ensure their safety, social distancing and staggering of schedules and an abundance of hand sanitizer and masks and such like that? Or are there no amount of parameters able to be put in place by the schools here to make you want to send your child back to school or to feel comfortable and safe that your child, while returning to the school setting, would be happy and healthy? We're going to get into that in greater detail later on. I want to share with you what was said on the federal level, what was said on the state level, and then I want to hear you, uh, what you have to say on this matter. Again, 57500, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We'll be looking at some other issues as well, but let me just start off now by being honest with you. I woke up this morning. I was in a great mood. I I so enjoy witnessing democracy in action. I like election days. I like primary days. I I like all this stuff. I like the conventions that happen in the summer. It, 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 It inspires me. Because it reminds me that as frustrating as things get, we, you and I, voters, each uh, each year, each uh, voting cycle, we have the opportunity to to affect change. And I woke up this morning excited about that reality, knowing that today we are taking another step towards demonstrating uh, how wonderful it is to live in the type of democracy, representative democracy under which uh, uh, you and I uh, live. But that good mood got washed away pretty quickly. As soon as I opened up the paper this morning and started reading, I heard about an incident in Provo that happened last night. Provo City Police were made aware of a planned uh, police rally and a counter-protest, which were both scheduled last night in downtown Provo, right about where uh, University intersects with Center Street there. Beautiful, beautiful place. And then, as I continued reading and made my way over to social media and the various news outlets around town, I started seeing some videos. And as I watched those videos, I saw a number of things. First, what I saw, I saw these so-called protesters, and I say so-called because in a moment, I'm going to tell you why I don't think that's an appropriate term for what took place last night in Provo. These so-called protesters marching their way across university, stopping in front of vehicles. Traffic was backed up for a ways, and they were impeding the flow of traffic. Now that, to me, is not a peaceful protest. That, to me, is threatening behavior. It doesn't communicate any kind of message. And also, what are you doing impeding the lives of these folks who are just trying to drive up and down the road. They are no part of the message you are trying to communicate. They are no part of, uh, of this grand gripe that you have with whoever. And as soon as you start involving people like that, passers-by, you've stepped away from uh, the realm of peaceful. Well, that's only half the story. I want to read to you here before we go to break a statement which was released by the uh, deputy chief of the Provo City Police Department just this morning. 
from Deputy Chief Geierman. He says Provo City Police were made aware of a planned police rally and a counter-protest scheduled for last night. Both events coincided without incident until until 8.38 p.m. when a call was received regarding possible gunshots and a hit and run. This, again, is a verbatim statement I'm reading to you, which was sent to me by Provo Police Deputy Chief John, John Geierman. Shortly thereafter, we received another call regarding a shooting victim at Utah Valley Hospital. Numerous citizens and protesters provided video footage. A white SUV was driving south on University Avenue before pulling into the right turn lane in an attempt to turn onto Center Street. Several protesters began crowding around the vehicle. So if you can picture this, uh, I'm stepping away from the statement for a second. If you can picture this, uh, the, the white SUV, a Ford Excursion, is driving uh, up south on University Avenue. It's going to take a right there onto Center Street. But as soon as these so-called protesters, these troublemakers, as soon as they see this, as soon as they see uh, this SUV, which has nothing to do with what they're up to, as soon as they see them trying to make that turn, they flock and descend and start hitting the windows and pounding the hood and surrounding the vehicle, impeding its progress. Now I'm going to turn back to the statement from the deputy police chief in Provo City. He reads, a male protester ran to the SUV on the passenger side, pointed a handgun at driver, and shot one round through the window. I'm going to take a break now. When we come back, I will share with you the rest of this statement from Provo City Police. It results in one man going to the hospital and another man uh, being sought after by police. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So last night, there were some protesters gathered in Provo. Two protests, as a matter of fact. There was one demonstration, a counter-demonstration. And just after 830 the tone of things changed pretty dramatically. One group of individuals swarmed around a, a white SUV as it was turning off University Avenue, trying to get onto Center Street. And in the midst of that, a shot was fired. A shot was fired into that white SUV. We have... Uh, so we've heard from the mayor's office as well as uh, Deputy Chief Geierman. I want you to hear exactly what they had to say. So here, uh, in response to what took place last night, uh, was Mayor Kafusi offering brief remarks. Provo City Mayor Kafusi. Peaceful protests are a fundamental right and often can be become an important catalyst for positive change. Criminal acts and violence, such as we saw last night in Provo, were anything but peaceful and are unacceptable. The public safety of our community is a top priority. That's the sum total of the statement made by the mayor. And in the middle there is an important reality. 
criminal acts and violence such as we saw last night in Provo are anything but peaceful and are unacceptable. That must be understood. In this very brief, st in this very brief statement issued forth by the mayor, she does communicate something very fundamentally important and something with which I agree. I would have liked to hear heard more from the mayor on this, but that point she makes about what we witnessed in these videos of what took place on the streets of Provo just last night, they are violent acts, criminal violent acts. And they are not peaceful. This is not the behavior of peaceful protesters exercising their fundamental right to bring about change, whatever that change may be or whatever they may desire. These are criminal, violent acts. A shot was fired into a vehicle. A better description of what took place uh, is here from Provo Police Deputy Chief John Geierman. Provo City Police were made aware of a planned police rally and a counter protest scheduled for last night. Both events coincided without incident until 8.38 p.m. when a call was received regarding possible gunshots and a hit and run. Shortly after, we received another call regarding a shooting victim at Utah Valley Hospital. Numerous citizens and protesters provided video footage. A white SUV was driving south on University Avenue before pulling into the right turn lane in an attempt to turn onto Center Street. Several protesters began crowding around the vehicle. A male protester ran to the SUV on the passenger side, pointed a handgun at the driver, and shot one round through the window. The driver was struck by the bullet accelerated trying to leave the situation. The same protester ran after the vehicle and shot a second round that went through the rear passenger window. The video then shows that the protester conceals the firearms and continues to protest. This same protester later approached another vehicle at 500 North University Avenue striking and breaking the window with the handgun. We are grateful for the photos and videos we've received and we are following all leads. If anyone has video or photos of the incident at Center Street and University Avenue, please contact Detective Nick Patterson at npatterson.provo.org. Thank you. Did you, hear, did you hear what the deputy chief there described? Just so we're clear, this isn't something that happened in some faraway city. This happened, this happened here in beautiful Provo, Utah, at the intersection of University Avenue and Center Street, right there in the shadow of the city building, uh, of the temple there, of the beautiful businesses which dot Center Street there. It's one of the more beautiful intersections in this great state. No offense to anyone else. And last night... There was a masked man who fired into an SUV. And then as that SUV fled away, the masked man went running after that vehicle and shot a second round, which went through the passenger window. Not long after that, the driver of that SUV arrived at Utah Valley Hospital to receive treatment. How lucky to be alive. Now, this morning, we have been in further contact with the police department. Uh, Producer Amy just got off the phone with Sergeant Nisha King from, again, Provo Police Department, and she says that this is an active investigation, that thus far, the man suspected of firing multiple rounds into that SUV driven by a man who was struck by a bullet is still being pursued. They're following all leads right now. No one is in custody. 
in the plea from Provo City is that if the public has any information or if they know who this person is or where they are currently, please get in touch with law enforcement. Now, this is not one of those questions of snitches get stitches or anything like that. This is outside of all of this. This was a heinous crime. Very serious charges are coming. Definitely a felony. So as you click and clack around on kslnewsradio.com or on social media and you see this video, if there is anything about the individual you see, raise their arm, aim a firearm into this vehicle and pull the trigger. Let's help get him off the street. Okay? Because this isn't protesting. You know? To get worked up and upset over this doesn't mean that I've taken some kind of political position, uh, nor if you feel similarly does it mean that you are anti-protester or you're anti-First Amendment or anything like that. No, no, no. As the mayor said, and I do agree, that these protests, the peaceful ones, they do come about due to the rightful exercise of a, a fundamental right. And history has shown us that sometimes they do bring about very positive changes. But in and among these groups, we sometimes see monsters hiding. We see those who within them have uh, such great evil and malice and such desire for destruction that they'll fire a handgun into a vehicle, which is just passing by, passing through the intersection, trying to get wherever they were going. And that's not to excuse the other individuals who were involved in this as well. While there was only one finger on that trigger, the videos do show countless, countless uh, members who have been called protesters, so-called protesters, swarm that vehicle, shouting obscenities, pounding on the hood, punching the window. What are you supposed to do then? What are you supposed to do when your car gets attacked like that? What if you have kids in the back? What if there were kids in the back of this white SUV? You're going to stick around? You're going to say, oh, these, look at this. <laughs> look at this uh, beautiful exercise of the First Amendment. As fists come flying into my windshield. <laughs> look at these kids. They understand. They get it. They get the Constitution. They're just exercising their rights. No, no, no. They're committing crimes. They are exploiting a situation to engage in chaos, not to communicate any kind of message. And it's happening all over the place. It breaks my heart in particular to see it on the streets of Provo, Utah. But as we look around the country, we can see it happening everywhere. You know that CHOP deal up in Seattle, Washington? Yeah, it's still happening. Yeah, there's been a lot of violence up there as well. In fact, uh, one young man lost his life just yesterday. Mayor up there hasn't shut things down yet. Why not? We heard last week that was the plan. Get it done. We can't allow these peaceful protests, which there are. There are peaceful protests happening, okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to label every single person who was taken to the street to air their grievances uh, that they are wrong or that they are committing crimes. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. It is this reality that you and I have witnessed over and over again that in the midst of these groups, there are very, very bad actors who are taking advantage of the cover of the crowd to commit heinous acts, not 
in the spirit of communicating a grievance, but rather committing chaos for chaos sake. It's disgusting, it's deplorable, and if you have any information on the individual who raised a firearm into the window of that vehicle, pulled the trigger, and shot a man, please, please get in touch with the appropriate authorities. On my Facebook page right now is the plea from the Provo City Mayor's Office along with Provo Police. There's contact information there. If you know anything, please, please say something. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we've got a long show ahead of you to... Share great information. Next up, let me see here. We're speaking with a lieutenant colonel from the United States Army. The Army would like to recruit some new soldiers. We'll give you those details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.